Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's said that this body snatcher once returned to the same gravesite at which he had earlier been caught digging after he'd bought those who'd had detained him a drink. It's also said he dressed the bodies he stole, and that he had a, quote, villainous bald head. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. Ohio was a hotbed of grave-robbing activity in the United States in the 19th century. The first recorded account of a body snatched from its grave in the state was at Zanesville in the early 19th century. There are numerous stories about body-snatching activities in Columbus, about 50 miles away, too, and nearly all were related to the supply and demand for cadavers at medical schools. One stands out for us among many snatchers from that town and state who was a man named Charles Morton. Charles was a University of Michigan medical school dropout who went on to become well-known in the body-snatching business. He transported corpses in large vats that he had labeled pickles. But colorful though he is, Charles is not actually the only standout. This episode of Criminalia doesn't take place in Columbus, Ohio. It takes place in Cincinnati during the mid-1800s, during the time of the American Civil War. Cincinnati was a rapidly growing city during the 19th century. The Ohio River provided numerous business opportunities, and hotels, restaurants, and taverns quickly opened to meet the developing needs of those traveling along the river. The city was also becoming a significant meatpacking center and was nicknamed the Porkopolis of the United States. We're interested in one of its notorious residents, the resurrection man, William Cunningham. 36 years before William hit the Cincinnati body-snatching scene, Daniel Drake established the Medical College of Ohio in Cincinnati, which welcomed its first class in 1819. The city became a center for medicine. Thirteen medical schools were operating there between 1820 and 1880. William was born in Ireland. His age is disputed, but many historians estimate he was probably born around 1807. When he died in 1871, the coroner estimated his age to be 65, which, you know, that matches up. But according to the U.S. Census, William's self-reported age in 1870 was 50. He may or may not have passed through Virginia before settling in Cincinnati. But we do know 
that William was actively stealing bodies from grave sites around Cincinnati from 1855 to 1871. William's wife, Mary Cunningham, was frequently described as a, quote, fun-loving woman that liked her whiskey and was rough around the edges. She sounds great. She was also described as, quote, a bony, brawny-jawed Irish woman with a mouth like an alligator. She still sounds great. I was just about Uh, to say that. Still great. (laughs) She may or may not have assisted her husband during his nighttime trips to the graveyard, at least in some capacity, during his 16 years in the business. We'll talk more about her later. No one seems to have called William by his given name. Those who didn't call him Old Man Dead called him Old Cunny. He was known to be the local bogeyman, known as the Ghoul of Cincinnati, and tales of him coming to snatch you were used to frighten badly behaving children into shaping up. He appeared in folk tales around Cincinnati, including stories of his body-snatching adventures, as well as his luck eluding the law. The Cincinnati Inquirer, on January 19, 1870, described William in this charming way. Quote, To have seen Cunningham is to retain him in your memory for a lifetime, for that ponderous yet gaunt frame, that strong marked face corrugated with age and crime, a canine mouth from the corners of which slowly trickles the generous saliva impregnated with the juices of nicotine, and that shuffling gait caused by a broken leg received from a charge of buckshot constitutes a tout ensemble sufficiently striking to make a very vivid impression. I love that entire description. May I be described in such colorful ways? I will take care of business for you. (laughs) (laughs) He is also described as having been, quote, a big, raw-boned man with a protruding lower jaw and an insatiable thirst for hard liquor. According to the 1870 census, William drove an express wagon, at least for his day job. That's how he's listed in the city directory at the time, and local papers note that as his occupation as well. Some records suggest he was a drayman driver, which is a person who delivers beer. At night, though, he snatched and sold fresh corpses, an undercover job that was definitely not listed in the city directory. It's estimated that William snatched at least 100 bodies during his career and sold each for between $20 and $30 to medical schools. Without a legal way for people to donate their body for dissection, this is a problem we've talked at length about this season. The schools were eager to buy them, even if they were procured illegally. We're going to take a break here for a word from our sponsor. And when we're back, we're going to describe exactly how Old Man Dead transported the bodies he stole. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that 
Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past, and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just arrived swim, cover ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made to be seen, very sexy push up bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome back to Criminalia. Go ahead and guess what was in the box William deposited at the U.S. Express office sent COD. Let's see if you're right. Being a body snatcher was hard work. It was physically demanding work. According to the Cincinnati Inquirer, the body snatching process was kind of like this. Quote, They don't really open the grave. They simply dig a hole about two feet square over the head of the coffin. When they get to that, they break out the coffin head and fasten big hooks to which strong ropes are attached under the arms of the corpse and haul it out by main force. William, it said, was fearless when it came to both digging up and transporting bodies. Greg Hand, local Cincinnati historian, 
describes William's transportation setup, and we quote, He would disguise the corpses that he had just pulled from the grave by having them sit next to him on his wagon as he drove through town, passing the police. After his death, a story about William, told by a, quote, very knowing acquaintance, appeared in a local newspaper on March 1st, 1874. It was very likely a physician who did business with him, and it goes like this. One night, I remember, I met Cunny driving into the city with a stiff, and horrible as the sight was, there was something grotesquely ludicrous about it. He had placed the corpse in a sitting position on the seat beside him and had dressed it in an old coat and a vest and a played-out hat. He kept his arm round the waist of the corpse to steady it from the jolting of the vehicle, but every now and then, the horrid thing would double up on the seat and its head kept bobbing up and down in the ghastliest way you ever saw. Then old Cunny would give the stiff a slap in the face and say, Sit up. This is the last time, by God, I'll ever take you home when you get drunk. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, drunk as a boiled owl with a wife and children to support. Can you even imagine this scene? Can you like, oh my God. I, I have many times in my imagination. <laughs> it's Weekend at Bernie's. We've seen it I know. many times. We've seen it all. Like, <laughs> As we talked about earlier, a growing number of medical schools opened and flourished in Ohio during the mid-19th century. During the years that William was active at his night job, there were at least five established schools operating throughout Cincinnati, including the Medical College of Ohio on 6th Street, the Cincinnati College of Medicine and Surgery at Central in Longworth, the Eclectic Medical Institute at Court and Plum Streets, Miami Medical College on 12th Street, and the Physio Medical College on the corner of 7th and Cutter Streets. Each of those schools had anywhere from a few dozen to a few hundred students, all of whom needed cadavers to study human anatomy. Medical schools needed a certain number of bodies, not for seizing classrooms, but for anatomy training. Because they weren't able to secure them through legal means, most worked with body snatchers and some were pretty creative in their relationships with the local resurrection men. If you were delivering to 6th Street, for instance, the Medical College of Ohio had a pretty convenient feature. The school, and we quote historian Greg Hand on this again, had a drop-off chute for bodies so that a wagon could drive down the alley out back of the school, unload a body into the chute, and it was picked up there by the anatomical professor the next day. Deliveries took place at night, and so did dissection demonstrations, which have been described as taking place in, quote, poorly lit laboratories in the midst of a rowdy crowd of tobacco-smoking and chewing students. William didn't let something like location hold him back from making money in his business. And unlike most body snatchers, his reach went beyond Cincinnati. He would ship bodies to out-of-town and out-of-state physicians, including as far away as Kansas, at least, that's the farthest we know of. As reported in the Cincinnati Daily Gazette on January 20th, 1870, and note that there's some outdated language in this quote, Cunningham, the resurrectionist, deposited a box at the U.S. Express office marked Glass with Care, COD, Dr. M.P. Hayden, Leavenworth, Kansas. Suspicions of the company's agents were excited and when they opened the box, it contained the body of a Negro woman prepared for the dissecting knife and served up in a sack. The freight was returned to Mr. Cunningham. That's just crazy. They just sent it what? back to him. I know. <laughs> so, 
We're now going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. When we return, we'll talk about the end of William's career as a resurrection man and how he's at least partly to blame for the invention of something called the coffin torpedo. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome back to Criminalia. For more than a decade, William evaded arrest and punishment for his involvement in illegal body trade. But nothing lasts forever. William is described as having been vindictive. And this came through in his work, at least in his graveyard work. In an act of revenge, William once sold and delivered a body infected with smallpox to naive medical students who had once played a joke on him. And several reports suggest that this was the beginning of the end for his career. Yeah, it's a fast way to lose your goodwill with the medical community that's been covering up your stuff for a while. Yeah, no kidding. Just give a bunch of them smallpox. (laughs) He had evaded arrest for roughly 15 years when his good luck changed for the worse. On August 31st, 1871, the Cincinnati Inquirer ran a feature on William when he was finally arrested. They wrote, quote, Everybody knows Old Cunny, the resurrectionist, whose occupation for many years past has been to supply the various medical colleges of the city with subjects for dissection, and who, it is understood, has amassed quite a handsome competency at his contraband employment. Twelve or fifteen years ago, when he was in the prime of manhood, Cunny was so adroit and careful, though daring withal, that he carried on the business almost without molestation. But of late years, his increasing age and infirmity have several times thrown him into the hands of the officers, though by singular good fortune he has hitherto escaped punishment. Their feature continued as so. Yesterday morning, about one o'clock, the attention of two police officers was attracted by the figure of an old man driving at a rapid rate down a Cincinnati street, followed by a crowd of men and boys running after him, hooting and hollering, stop him, shoot him, and the like. The officers called him to stop, but he only laid whip to his horse and drove past them. The horse, however, was lame, and the load in the wagon seemingly heavy, and after a short race, one of the officers grasped the bridle while the other took charge of the driver. The driver was Old Cunny, who, returning after a night's work at his ghoulish employment, had been delayed on his road home by an accident to his vehicle. In the wagon was found a sack containing the dead body of a man, while a similar package on the seat beside him contained the remains of a child, a boy 10 or 12 years old. 
The Cincinnati Daily Gazette reported on his arrest as well. But their take was a little different, though. They wrote, quote, William Cunningham first fired his brain with whiskey, then fired off an enormous revolver on Central Avenue. On September 12, 1871, local papers reported William had been indicted on five counts. We've actually seen that number also reported as low as two. He entered a plea of not guilty, paid $300 bail, and was released. He was to answer to the charge of illegal possession of dead human bodies at the next session of the Common Pleas Court on January 31, 1872, but he didn't make it. On October 23, 1871, local papers reported that William was a patient in the Cincinnati hospital and that he, as quoted from the Inquirer, regarded the announcement of his demise yesterday morning as an error. The article described William as suffering from a, quote, temporary derangement of his system from heavy alcohol consumption. He promised the press he'd be out in a few days and he'd be back to business. But William died on November 2nd, 1871. After his death, William was on the other side of the dissection door. He sold his body to the Medical College of Ohio for $50. And after their students were done practicing on it, the faculty had the skeleton put on display. Wrote the Cincinnati Inquirer on September 29, 1872, his ghastly skeleton, neatly articulated and wired, sits on a tombstone in the cabinet of that institution, while in his hand he grasps a spade, the emblem of his calling in life. Between his teeth, he holds a short pipe, as he was wont to in the days of flesh. The reporter noted that the only things missing from the exhibit were his gray horse and his wagon. And then there's Mary. It's possible that it was William's wife who sold his corpse for $50, but it's not the story most often told of his death. We do know she picked up, or perhaps continued, body-snatching work after he died. As reported in the Ohio State Journal on December 6, 1878, she was arrested along with four others for snatching the body of a child and selling it to Miami Medical College in Cincinnati. The article noted her as, quote, the widow of Cunningham, a former notoriety in this business. Historians estimate that as many as 5,000 bodies were exhumed for dissection in Ohio in the 19th century. Although these kinds of methods weren't in place yet when William was actively snatching bodies, Ohioans, though this was not limited to Ohio, we should be clear, developed a few inventive ways to prevent bodies from being stolen from the grave. A lot of it had to do with old man dead in his work, though. Six years after William died, Philip K. Clover of Columbus, Ohio, for instance, invented and patented a device that was to, quote, prevent the unauthorized resurrection of dead bodies. Clover called his device a coffin torpedo, and here is how it worked. Buried underground, the torpedo would fire several lead balls into anyone who disturbed the grave. A few years later, in 1881, former probate judge Thomas N. Howell of Circleville, Ohio, received a patent for an exploding shell that would sit above a coffin and go off if the grave was disturbed. Over time, the development of and, and the improvement of embalming methods slowed down the high demand for bodies at medical schools, not only in Ohio, but also across the United States and outside of the United States as well. And donated bodies, too, made a big impact on supply. Under the Uniform Anatomical Gift Act of the Ohio Revised Code, body donations, also called anatomical donations, 
became legal and commonplace at medical schools in the state, making Williams' profession there obsolete. Now that we've just mentioned embalming methods, do you <laughs> Right, time for embalming fluid. Time for embalming fluid. Let's talk about what we're going to tip back for William. I think this one will surprise you. The name is horrifying. So just know that up front. Okay, okay. Because I'm calling it corpse juice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm playing a little bit with this in that I kept thinking about the idea of someone that would dress a corpse. Right. And play act an entire scenario as they drove along. There was a whole dialogue there. (laughs) Right. He had scenes written in his head. To me, that was all very funny. And so I thought it would be funny to like that scene, right? It's hilarious, but it is also grisly as hell when you think about it. We laugh a little bit in these episodes because there's some of it really truly is on one level laughable, but it's grisly laughable. It's terrible laughable. So grisly. And so I wanted to come up with a drink that uh, sounded and even looks a little like, huh? Uh, But it's amazingly (laughs) delicious. I'm going to surprise you out of the gate with what the first ingredient is. Oh, I can't wait. Because you'll be like, wait, oh, uh, this doesn't seem like where we're going. (laughs) First, you're going to chop some watermelon. (laughs) It's as if I have conjured this in the universe. So watermelon is one of my favorite things. And I am looking more and more and more and more and more now that it's springtime to watermelon. So I am with you on this. That's exactly where I'm at. We are on the precipice here in the Northern Hemisphere of summer coming. And I also want to just have good summer drinks at yes. the ready. But this one is fun. So you're going to chop some watermelon. You don't want uniform slices or cubes. You want it to look a little chunky. And you're going to retain the juice along with your chopped fruit and set it aside. You don't need a ton of it. I would say a couple tablespoons and you have more than enough. You can also do it the lazy way, which I have done, which is you buy a bunch of watermelon and chop it, or you buy pre-chopped watermelon and you leave the juice and debris in the bottom of your bowl or wherever and just use that at the end. I eat watermelon at an alarming rate, so there's always plenty of this around the house. So then you'll have your little couple of tablespoons of sliced, chopped, chunked up watermelon and its juice. Set that aside and into a glass with ice, you're going to pour an ounce and a half of vodka. If you have a fruit infused vodka, this is a great time to pull it out. I have one that is watermelon and basil. Oh my God, that sounds delicious. Yes, delicious. And on to that, I just poured four ish ounces of ginger ale. And then you just pour in your watermelon juice in the slurry. And so as it's falling to the bottom of the glass, it looks like viscera and it looks a little like. There's chunks of flesh in it, but it is so beautiful and tastes like summer. I'm like, I'm so conflicted here with it. I'm like, as soon as you started talking about chunks going in, I'm like, oh my God, this is called corpse juice and has chunks in it. This is going to be fantastic (laughs) and horrible at the same time. It's so good. I first tried it. I will tell you in case anyone is listening and they're like, I know what I'll do. You could do this. Um, You might be tempted to throw your watermelon in a blender or food processor, I found that came out too smooth. You want it a little chunkier than that. If you want to take away that sort of gruesome association, you could just puree it or whatever. That will work fine. Obviously, the the mocktail on this is easy. Just leave out the vodka. You're Mm -hmm. fine. Just the ginger ale with the 
chunks of fruit in it is pretty darn delicious. I'm going to keep saying the word chunks just to watch Maria's face (laughs) squeak up every time. Chunky juice. It's so good. It's so delicious. I mean, this is like one of the simplest ones we've ever done. And as you're sipping it and you get to the end, because they fall to the bottom, your chunks. (laughs) Your chunks, Maria. Those small ones towards the end will start to creep into your sips. And then you're reminded that you're drinking corpse juice. (laughs) Old man dead chunks in your juice. (laughs) Delicious. Delicious is what I'm saying. So, yes, I will drink this in mocktail form all day long because delicious. I'm going to go ahead and say that Mary... I, I would serve this to her. To, I'd be like, hey. you know. I don't think she'd like it. She would be like, please just give me a glass, an eight ounce glass of whiskey. I don't mess with smaller portions. <laughs> we could say to her, but the scurvy. It's good for you. <laughs> this is like a nutritional cocktail. Exactly. There's chunks in it. <laughs> okay, enough of the chunky talk. So gross. Gosh, Maria, what did, why? What's wrong with you? Because <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> That all being said, this is a super yummy one. I'm going to go have another one here in a minute. Thank you for spending this time with us. I hope you have enjoyed this story (laughs) of Old Cunny and his strange, strange vocation. We will be right back here next week with another episode of Criminalia, and we hope you join us. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.